The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya, and we've got a lot to talk about on the show this week. We're going to talk about the Bank of Canada. We're going to talk about the U.S. debt ceiling. And I want to introduce everyone to Peter St. Ange. Um, he's a Mises Institute guy. He's been doing an amazing new series on Wall Street Silver. I want to talk about something in particular, uh, one video in particular about the U.S. debt ceiling that he talked about. It's going to be amazing on that. I know that might seem boring at the outset, but it's really not. It's going to be very, very interesting. Anything from Mises. Yes, of course, we will talk about the color diamond market right now, which is heating up and the gold heist as they're calling it i'm putting those in massive air quotes the gold heist as reported recently by the sun and then a whole bunch of other news outlets but first let's talk about silver demand uh jerry silver demand this is uh, an article put out by shift gold and they're talking about that silver demand set records in almost every category in 2022. I wanted to share this with you and, of course, get some of your thoughts. So this article talks about the fact that silver demand in 2022 had a record sales of 1.24 billion ounces, which represented an 18% increase in silver demand over the year 2021 which is absolutely crazy. This also silver investment rose for a fifth consecutive year to a new high of 332 million ounces. India charted a staggering 188% increase over 2021. Um, and industrial demand, this is where things get very interesting. 556 million ounces sold in 2022, 140 million ounces to photovoltaics alone, mm -hmm. so the solar power industry sector, and the solar energy sector, it, continuing on this growth line, a study out of um, the University of New South Wales, they are projecting that solar manufacturers will likely require 20% of the current annual silver supply by 2027, so over the next five years. Um, that is massive. Yep. And uh, I guess over the next four years, I should say. And by 2050, solar panel production would use approximately 85 to 98% of current global silver reserves. So that's, look, again, that's, that's depending, assuming that the trend stays in place and that the growth of photovoltaics continues, um, that would be huge. But that's just only half the story. The other big part of the story is the fact that there was a 237 million ounce market deficit last year, the second consecutive annual deficit in a row, and the Silver Institute called it possibly the most significant deficit on record, noting that the combined shortfalls of the previous two years comfortably offset the cumulative surpluses over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. 
So in two years alone, they wiped out whatever surpluses could have possibly been gained. And now you're into a situation where investor demand and industrial demand is going through the roof. And the, what are your thoughts on, on, I guess, Shift Gold's reporting? Yeah, it's spot on and in time because we had that Silver Institute report that came out last week, uh, which we went through as well, getting all the visuals that we need. And, and it's really good to understand and go through these reports to really, um, you know, visualize and, and, and study how advanced we are getting in, every, in almost every industry. And we know it, silver is a very important industrial metal. It's almost in every single industry you turn including the solar industry, which is continuing continuing to advance. We heard, heard earlier in the year how they how the solar industries figured out a way to use double-sided solar panels. So they're using double the amount of, of silver to go into not just the top, but you have a reflection of the, of, of the sun off of the ground to reflect, and the bottom side of the panel can catch the sun. So look, you're just advancing. Look at you doing all your research on solar panels. I, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't research, know you did this on your free time. <laughs> I research what I love, and then you just you just fall in love with it some more. But in, in addition to this industrial demand, there is also the monetary demand. Silver has always been a considered as a form of money for centuries. And when we have a currency problem, which we do, this demand of acquiring silver to protect against destruction of our purchasing power of these currencies is very important. So an investment demand, I think, is going to is piquing the interest of many people today. So it's a very exciting report. And I love what what's going on in the silver market. I think that that's going to continue for sure. I, you know, if the price doesn't move significantly, you'll just see stronger and higher premiums on the product until the price eventually snaps much, much higher because demand can only go down at least from the investment side. If it costs you twice as much to buy it, you're buying half as much. Mm -hmm. And so you really need much, much higher prices to quell investment demand on this, on the number of ounces being purchased right now. And obviously much, much higher prices are going to help bring some product back into the market and get some, as, as the banks would call it liquidity, mm -hmm. right? Getting, so getting, Keyword. getting that, that log jam freed up. So I think ultimately this is leading to much, much higher prices. One thing this article doesn't really tap into is the fact that mining doesn't get easier. Not all of the all. easy silver's gone. So it's only going to get harder to get more expensive. There's always some exceptions to the rule. There's always some outliers. Maybe, you know, one particular mine finds a whole bunch. That's great. But on the whole, it's only going to get more expensive. It's only going to get harder. You're only going to need a lot more technology to do it. And that just gets more and more expensive. So I think overall, this is a really good article to lean on for anybody interested in the, met in the metals market, anyone who's been holding on to have that confidence to say, maybe it's not so important what's happening day to day or month to month. But if I look at this on a five-year timeline and know that the projection for, for solar power, for batteries, for anything uh, electronic and digital and industrial is going to be massive for this market, not to mention the monetary side, I think mm -hmm. it just is so pro-silver in that, in that fact. Mm -hmm. Very multifaceted. And as we know, the physical silver stocks and the, and the 
the, the inventories are declining significantly, especially since February of 2021, the short squeeze, which caused historic tension in the market. We know that today's silver market is based on a fractional system where there are many more virtual owners than actual ounces of metal available, which is the reason why the London Metals Exchange is under the crosshairs for being investigated regarding the nickel debacle, not having the sil the nickel in the vaults. They opened up the bags and there were bags of dirt and bricks which represented the contracts that were sold, and each contract represents 5,000 ounces. They got caught doing something with aluminum once. Was it JP Morgan? Probably. Where they were, moving the, they were moving the product from warehouse to warehouse and just doing all sorts of buggery. Shenanigans. Lots of shenanigans. You know, um, one of the other things, just a, a theme that I've kind of been looking into that we, we recognize from a lot of clients that come in, um, lately, this past year, because of the financial system or the banking system, people are concerned about the strength of the financial system and specifically banks. And then there's also the theme of which we've talked a lot on the show about central bank digital currencies, and that's not going to go away, the, the theme of that. But I think the overall theme, that's something I, I like to research for myself is this idea of kind of the great reset versus the great awakening, because we do see that every day. So I, I just kind of, I do see a lot of this falling into that, into that category, right? Of are people waking up? Are they seeing what's happening? It could scare them at first, uh, but what, where do you go? And I, the reason I'm mentioning that is because after a few weeks of, of intense discussion with clients, with yourself here on the show, I think I'm, I'm realizing that it's all just part of the change, that mm -hmm. so many big changes are happening. And sometimes you have to take a, take a step back to say, um, the change isn't going to be as, as simple as you think it's going to be, right? Mm -hmm. CBDCs are coming. That's it. It's, that's it's, uh, you know, we all turn into China and 15 minute cities. No, but the information informs how the future is going to look. And every day there's always new snippets of information that just keep adding shade and, and mm -hmm. relief to, yeah. to the, the sculpture here. And it's, it really is an exciting time when you start to, to see it because every day there's just more and more enlightenment of how things actually work, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, people are scrutinizing much more. They're scrutinizing and poking holes in, in various areas of, of life. I mean, with regards to finance, looking into the banking system is, is of paramount importance for everyone. You know, the argument of, you know, don't touch my kids or don't touch my family or don't, don't affect my food, that's huge. But when you start affecting the banks and my money that I've worked for, I worked eight hours a day or my, my father worked um, so hard to save up and I have a, I have his inheritance I have the estate and there's crosshairs on my accounts I'm sorry I'm not having it so many people are scrutinizing how quickly they can get their funds if they need it people are more concerned about the return of their money than the return on their money today because of this, this, the banks that actually failed banks have fallen in the US and you have CEOs of major banks JP Morgan saying it's not over yet. We have more banks to watch. Charles Schwab, a major bank short here in Canada. It's it's um, it's culminating. 
But it's very fascinating to see how quickly people are educating themselves and doing something about it, Jeremy. It's, uh, it's a very exciting time all around. Yeah, I think that ultimately, um, let's stick on the subject in terms of change, understanding money, the growth of, of that knowledge, and how that can change the whole financial system as we go along. Um, it's funny you said the <laughs> the financial system's fallen. I said, oh, that sounds like a, a Gerard Butler movie. Um, the number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. We're talking about real money, hard money, um, your own sovereign wealth fund here on The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. At Guildhall, we only deal in actual physical precious metals physical gold, physical silver, bars, coins. We're only dealing in, um, we're not dealing in collectibles. We're only dealing in mass produced coins like the silver maple. Um, another product that's very popular is the Austrian Philharmonic uh, because it does have a lower premium, but it is the same quality and it's done from, it's produced in from a recognized mint like the Austrian mint, which is similar to the British mint or the American mint or the South African mint with the Cougaran. So, um, you know, this is just ways that you can try to save on some of the premiums that are, are rising, which by the way, if you're seeing high premiums, don't see that as an, as a, a, something to limit you see it as the price is just way too low and there's not enough product mm -hmm. to satisfy the demand. So until prices go much, much higher, you're going to continue to see uh, higher prices. But we help people to buy physical precious metals in registered accounts where it's held outside the banking system. It's physical. It's uh, allocated to the client. It, they have their own sub-account, which means it's separate and segregated from all other accounts in the vault. And uh, you can even go to the vault to personally audit your holdings. And uh, Jerry, I just want to quickly finish a point on the last segment. We were saying just following the trends, just keeping an eye on the trends. And one of the things that we're kind of opening our eyes to here is just seeing how uh, the financial system is changing rapidly and the banking system could change rapidly. And one of the reasons for that is because it's been based on all of this collateral, this debt, debt obligations, mm -hmm. right? And as there starts to be disinflation, you end up saying, where, where do I hide my money from, from having it get sucked away from the debts just disappearing, right? Mm -hmm. So you see banks are, are, are um, loaning out less, mm -hmm. which is only making the problems worse, mm -hmm. um, except for credit cards, because they like the credit card debt. But this is, a, this is just kind of like, you're looking at it saying, mm, things are going to change. Mm -hmm. And that could be that's going to be opportunity on either side, the good guys or the bad guys. And that's what we're monitoring. But ultimately, I think that you would agree. We share, we share the, the thought that gold and silver are the bridge. Mm -hmm. That's where you're going to run to safety for everything to work itself out. And then you've protected your wealth. You yes. haven't gotten, you haven't gotten thrown into the debt cascade or, no. you know, um, just having things taken from you. And that's what inflation does. So, I, I, I just wanted to kind of say that it's something we're monitoring. No, we are monitoring. And we're going to keep kind of bringing up new ideas on the show, as we've always done, about where we think things could possibly be going with regards to money. But one thing that's been sure for thousands of years, mm -hmm. 
gold and silver are money because they're a store of value. Exactly. And regarding the Great Reset to Great Awakening, uh, you know, big you know climax we're heading into between the two. Always remember, whenever there is a financial uh, structural reform or change globally, it's always done with. It's always been uh, completed with gold and silver at the helm. So. Um, that is the bridge, gold and silver, the physical asset that is monetary as well. They're both precious because they're both money. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Speaking of that, I think I was really surprised to hear that these that the Republicans are all game for raising the debt ceiling, and I started watching um, the new series put out by Wall Street Silver. And they have these three four-minute segments by a gentleman named um, uh, Peter St. Ange, who is a, Mi a Von Mises Institute guy, um, which is great. So it's all about sound money. And he did a video this week on the debt ceiling, which I thought was absolutely amazing. I think everyone should check it out. Um, go to Sil go to Wall Street Silver. Check out the series on Peter Saint Ange, and he does he does one in the last couple of days on the debt ceiling. And what he talks about is that they always threaten. They use kind of human shields. They always threaten. Listen, if you don't raise the debt ceiling, um, you know we're going to have to fire the the firemen and defund the police, and and unions won't get their pensions, and all of these. Uh, government subsidies that are supposedly helping people are going to be the first things on the chopping block if the debt doesn't get raised, right? So they right. put a they put a gun to granny and that's it. If you don't raise the debt ceiling, we're all done for. But what they're really hiding Peter is talking about is the largesse, the crony capitalism, the the foreign aid that gets sent out, the something that he I don't know if he's the first to coin it, but this is where it really struck me is what he called the activist industrial complex. Ooh, that's good. That sounds amazing. <laughs> which got me thinking. I'm like, yeah, it's activist. so right. We're paying for governments to subsidize financial institutions to help you, um, you know, give surgery, transition surgery to your kids or to send money to, to, uh, to wars outside like that have nothing to do with us. It's woke. right. It's all woke. All these woke BLM to mostly peaceful protesters, right? Who pays for mostly peaceful protesters? CRT. So, um, oh, and and the and the subsidized um, media, right? Seventy percent subsidized media, <laughs> as no sixty nine percent, as Elon Musk put it for CBC. So, you know, that's what's at stake. That's what's really at stake. Now, the most important thing that he ends up talking about is saying, so if you were to not raise the debt ceiling. Basically, what it is, is it's a budget amendment targeting wasteful spending. And so in this case, with the debt ceiling, one point, it's like one and a half, one point four trillion dollars instead of going to crony capitalism and activism and foreign aid and da, 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 da. It goes back to the people who are much better at spending it. And that's the other part that they try to convince you of, that the government is better at spending the money than you are, <laughs> as if you wouldn't end up taking the extra money that's in your pocket and putting it to good use, like hiring new people, mm -hmm. like improving, improving the business and things like this. And so that's just the point he makes. And I just said, oh, it's so true. A anything that comes out of someone who's studied von Mises is just brilliant. Um, but yeah, like... 
how much longer are we going to keep funding all of this? Mm-hmm. Why do we have to keep funding this? And then you know what happens is is the 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 market takes care of the inflation because they actually grow because the money's going back in their pockets instead of the Federal Reserve having to tinker with the distortions that they're creating because they're doing all the controlling instead of instead of you controlling how you spend your money. Yeah, free the market. Free the market and the news is actually commenting on the Republicans and McCarthy how they have packaged the debt ceiling, that they're approving the debt ceiling along with cuts. And they're focusing more on these cuts like austerity measures that Europe had to go through, that it was so detrimental. But yes, these cuts to activist policies and... Oh, are they? Do they want to c- cut the activists? Well, these... Or this, do they want to pretend to cut... Medicare or something. Well, they're proposing these cuts, the Republicans are. Okay. But the media and corporate media at that, they are scrutinizing that you don't want to cut these things. This Cuts hurt people. So we don't want to do that. We right. just want to raise the debts. Raise the debt ceiling. Let us print some more so we can send money across the world and, and continue our, our, our global policing of, of, of everything in everyone's lives. So it's very funny how they're twisting the, the – um, the benefits of actually cutting and budgeting properly and letting the people f- uh, uh, operate in a free market. I guess this just is all part of that exposure and disclosure that's happening a lot this year, right? Just more and more things are coming to light about the, un- the inner workings of how things work because we all need that education. I hope, I hope that's something we're helping to bring to the public is education about the value of money, you know, what money really is so that people can understand that what's in your bank right now is a currency. And it has no value except the decree by the government. Let and if so. you could take out the cash, if you could take out $100,000 in cash, then I guess there's something in the bank. But if you can't, then what is it that you have in the bank? Mm-hmm. And this also becomes a problem that I have personally with, with cryptocurrencies because it's like, what is that worth? It's worth what people pretend it's worth, what they say it's worth, and it's infinitely divisible. So that means it's worth it. It, it could be on paper worth a million dollars, but you can only you could put in two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That's okay. So no supply demand really at the end of the day. So when they say, "Oh, it's there's limited quantity," no, there isn't. You can keep buying into it and infinitely. That's right. It's like a it's like a um, a, a non breaking balloon. Yeah. There's one balloon, Jerry. There's only one balloon, but you can stuff that sausage. Forever, forever. <laughs> exactly. That's the fractionalization of the, of the, of the <laughs> coin itself. You can uh, dice that thing into many, many, many pieces of sand, many uh, particles of sand. Yeah. And oh, actually, it's and you not have like a piece of it. It's not like stuffing it and it grows. It's more like stuff. It's more like that. That um, talking about Hollywood movies. Um, what was that movie where, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Or what was that movie where they shrunk his family because everything was getting too expensive? Honey, I Shrunk the Family. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? There was a movie where they like shrunk the whole family, and then they were like, let's move to a smaller world because of inflation and everything. Interesting. I yeah. I saw that. But. No? Okay. Anyway. Um, so I digress. Let's talk, about, let's talk about a heist. You've seen heist movies? Lots of them. Yeah, they're great. Uh, you know, uh, Italian Job is, is a good one. Three mm-hmm. Kings, I guess that's kind of like a heist movie mm-hmm. with the gold at the end. All these heist movies. Um, or even Money Heist on Money Heist. That, that was a good. That was a good show. They kind of. I don't want to give any giveaways, but they kind of pooched the ending in terms of understanding value. They kind of like. They kind of quickly used an escape <laughs> valve on the on the arguments, but uh, nonetheless. So there was a, a 
a post that came out yesterday and clients started t calling us and apparently there was uh, a whole bunch of gold stolen from Pearson Airport in what they're calling a, a heist. Mm -hmm. But we don't know if it was a heist. We just know that a whole bunch of gold left a secure area at Pearson Airport and they don't know how. <laughs> and <there's, laughs> no one was watching this gold. Um, it just somehow walked away. Mm -hmm. And so w what was your uh, initial reaction to the story? Let me, let me give you the headline, if I, if I may. Let me just pull up the headline. Um, I, I heard about it. I didn't have to really go into it because it was just sounded so unreal. Right. Whether it was a heist or an inside job, um, I wanted to find out and scrutinize who the gold was for but I'll let you go into the headline. So the headline was just 3,600 pounds of gold has been stolen from a highly secure part of Pearson Airport and police don't know who did it. The estimated value of the heist is more than $100 million. Um, $100 million. So let's just break that down for $100 million and what that would look like because the problem with this whole story is you have to do a lot of mental gymnastics to believe the story at face value. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's 52,500 ounces, okay? Um, those, those heist movies, if it, if it were a retail product in those heist movies, those, 200, those bars that you see in heist movies are 200-ounce bars, the type that are in central bank vaults, and that would be 262 of those bars. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost two tons. There's 32,000... 150 bar ounces in a ton so you're and this is 52,500 so you're mm -hmm. you're talking almost two tons right. of of gold now <laughs> i i put up i i made a comment by the way on on instagram and some guy replied to me i don't know if you <laughs> did you tough. see the guy's reply um guys you have to listen to this one let me just pull it up here um, but your comment was spot on. I don't know if I did. I respond to him. I don't even remember. Um, he said, uh, he said, oh, um, a sixty-pound bar is is not as big as you think because a two hundred-ounce bar, I guess, is sixty pounds. It's it's not as big as you think. It could easily fit in a fit in a standard carry-on luggage. Sixty pounds, <laughs> right? You know how much. A, a regular carry-on package weighs. You've all been in an airport. <laughs> it's got to be under 30 pounds. Right. But this is 60, and it's 252 of those or whatever I said. So it, I'm, I'm, think, I'm trying to do the mental gymnastics for the guy, right? Because apparently he worked at a mining company, and he's, mm -hmm. he's seen gold before, so right, he knows. Right. Um, and I'm thinking this isn't like Ocean's Eleven where it's just a bunch of guys with in black suits Um you know, like SWAT teams walking with uh, hockey bags of gold, just wandering out, because that's a 60 pound brick you're talking about, right. and you want to carry out over 200 of them. Mm -hmm. Again, it doesn't logistically doesn't make sense. Can't doesn't make sense. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. We're talking about real money, hard money, um, your own sovereign wealth fund. Here on the Real Money Show on AM six forty. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Going into the story, we see uh, a, a, T- a TD Bank's involved, apparently, that the, that the goal oh, really? actually had to do with TD Bank and shipping through this airline. It was one shipment. So if anyone knows how shipping works, and we ship across Canada, so we know that we can only ship. Insurance companies won't allow us to ship you know, a kilo bar across Canada. So it has to be below a certain amount. And then so what you're thinking of, we need to split up the shipment into a few segments, into a few planes perhaps okay but you're talking but you're spot. talking canada post like let's take malca meat for instance okay malca meat is uh they they're um they've got vaults they do security anytime you see a celebrity on a red carpet with a massive jewel on around their neck there is a malca meat security guard within uh f- six meters with okay and they deliver all of the jewelry to the jewelry show in in Vegas. Believe you me, okay? And you could fit you could fit a lot more wealth in the palm of your hand than than uh, a thousand pounds of, of gold. So, um, fifteen hundred pounds, whatever the ridiculous number it was, and they don't ever lose anything. So you'd be using a specific courier for these things, mm-hmm. right? Because it came with the security needed. Yes. And you would have the the insurance to be able to send something like that. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about shipping. Um, no one ships. I hate to disagree with you here, Jerry, but no one ships almost two tons of gold through the Canada Post. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but to to finish off the article, there was okay. a, there was an industry insider that says this this sort of thing should never have happened because there is a need for armed guards when you're when you're handling such shipments. So the question is, where were the guards? Oh yeah, this is this this again. The mental gymnastics to believe this story is like um, is like Epstein committed suicide using the blanket in his room, which is about as thin as paper towel. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like it's crazy mental gymnastics to make this thing fit. Um, we were talking with our colleague who's got extensive vault experience, and so do we. By that, in that this. At, at a vault, it gets audited almost daily. Product goes into a client's account. Product comes out of their account. Full audit of the product, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, you've got double secure doors to go into a into a, a vault facility, into a secure facility, and everything is monitored. Everything, the the pro- even with Brinks, like everything would be in a box um, that would have a scan, like a barcode put on it every time that box is is sealed. So anytime it gets opened, new barcode on it, right? Mm-hmm. So again, that's why I'm like, this is mental uh, gymnastics because it's like, it's like with the Epstein thing. Where were the guards? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where did they go? Where's the footage? There's no exactly. footage here. There's no guards here. It just kind of disappears into the wind. And what kind of gold are we talking about? Even if we said it wasn't retail product and it was beads, so it could fit into like a smaller case, um, it's still. A crap load of weight that you've got to pull out there and lug and you're saying no one was watching mm-hmm. no one had no one guards this this bonded warehouse at all mm-hmm. 
like, story, yeah, the story just stinks ultimately. Yeah. But it's it's interesting to know that this this bank that was in the news a couple of weeks ago, being a uh, you know, heavily shorted bank, um, and then now now this one. So, you know, I conclude just by saying this should never dissuade someone from looking at the very asset that's going to protect your wealth. And then regarding Guildhall, we were not affected by this, by this situation whatsoever, nor does it impact negatively impact our vaulting or our secure facilities. So this is just something that we have to be very mindful of in these headlines and um, take it with a grain of salt. Okay, yeah, you're right. Because, um, uh, sorry, you just brought up something else to make me think about this. That um, is this, so take the narrative and say, what, what do they want me to think? What is it that this narrative that's, that's being put out there wants me to think? First of all, the sun broke it, and then everyone else had to jump on board. Um, then it's like, what are they trying to say? That there's, they don't even really negative, they don't even put gold in a negative light. They just go, oh, it up and walked away like a heist movie. So we should just kind of think that gold can be stolen like a heist movie. Like heist movies are real. Right. <laughs> Yeah, right, they could disappear. Yeah, like the Italian job, n nowhere near based on reality. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, so, but we're supposed to believe that these things are real. So, okay, let's let's say it was a subtle kind of morality tale of don't own real things because they could get stolen, right? Okay, but in reality, you can't have it stolen from a vault, right? This this didn't get stolen from Brinks. This didn't get stolen from Incas or Malca Meat. It got stolen from a bonded warehouse. I mean, if anything, it could be a, a morality tale of why you should secure, secure your product in um, an IROC-approved, fully uh, insured vault. Mm -hmm. That was the other part about this that, uh, that drove me absolutely bonkers. I was like, so is that it? The, the insurance will just say, oh, okay. We, we don't know who did it. It just walked away. Oh, we'll pay that money out. Yeah, we'll sign. We'll sign the dotted line. You get into a little bumper car uh, in in the parking lot at the grocery store. Guess what? Like they're going to do so much investigation into this. You're going to be, you know, gonna give up. <laughs> migraines constantly saying, "When are they going to pay me for this?" Mm -hmm. So I guess the insurance companies in this case just go, "Yep, no problem." Mm -hmm. If the government, if the not the government, if the insurance company says, "Yes, no problem," we're paying that out. There's a whole chain of people getting paid on this whole thing. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. But um, follow yeah, the money. yeah, you got to follow the money. But it, the funny thing was, I guess I will end on this. Um, I had a couple people text me about it. My responses was kind of fishy poo. That was kind of what I said. This whole thing stinks. It's fishy and it stinks. <laughs> and um, and I had client. I had a couple clients contact me and say, um, "Did you see this story? What a joke! I need to buy more." Yeah. Can I put in another order? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with, with headlines like that, that just makes you scratch your head because they don't make sense. And when things don't make sense, that's uncertainty 101. And in, in the world of uncertainty, going back to what is true, what has been honest, and what does not default and what does not need to be proven is that physical asset within your portfolio. What do you have? What is that physical, tangible, hard asset within your portfolio that is going to protect against the ongoing inflation that we're seeing and the inflation data jeremy i have to get into because i was scrutinizing the inflation data that we see the only thing that can protect against that historically is your physical gold and silver jeremy 
The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Don't be dissuaded. It's all about physical. Protect your physical product. It does have value. It's had value for thousands of years. It will have value for another thousands of years or another thousand years. Again, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's the Real Money Show on AM640. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Um, thanks for giving us the leash to rant about uh, a, a crazy headline. Um, <laughs> we'll see how it... We'll see how that plays out and if they come up with anything. Jerry, there was um, an article in the Daily Mail uh, a few weeks back on natural fancy colored diamonds. I wanted to just bring it um, to your attention. Um, they were talking about fancy colored diamonds rose last year while traditional white white diamonds fell, although that was white diamonds falling off of a peak, um, to be fair. Uh, Yellowstones saw the biggest surge in popularity, according to figures from the Fancy Color Research Foundation, um, which tracks prices in New York, Tel Aviv, and Hong Kong, with uh, color with yellow diamonds up 4.6% last year, which definitely falls in line with what we've been uh, seeing in the market and observing the fact that coming out of the pandemic uh, took a few months, and then you started just started to see the colored diamond market perking up again and it seems like it's waking up out of its slumber and um, but this article does go on to support the fact that colored diamonds make up less than one percent of the entire market now this was an interesting part of the the article uh, Paul Zimniski who is a diamond expert said that the rarity of color stone was one of the main reasons they're so appealing quote People love colored diamonds because they are rare and beautiful. They are very, there are very few people who can afford to have them, he added. They can also be a good investment, like a piece of original artwork or a vintage Ferrari. Colored gems are more immune to, um, to cost price fluctuations because they're so much more expensive to begin with. It's something that he was talking about. So just the idea that because um, it's a hard asset, because it's a physical asset and because it's a rare asset and also expensive that they these these markets tend to have no volatility mm -hmm. there there's been a couple of um aberrations along the way i remember 2008 yellow diamonds dropped um and had a very quick v-shape recovery and i feel that that's probably because diamond dealers are always kind of short on money because they're always chasing a good deal mm -hmm. with something. They're always acquiring something and they probably had to let go of a lot of maybe lower quality yellow diamonds to help shore up things. Mm -hmm. So I think that was probably what was behind it. But hey, you know what? If you had a yellow diamond through 2007 through 2009, um, you didn't have to sell it and prices continued to pick up where they left off after about a year. So um, that's probably, that's the only thing, that's the only thing time I can see where any colored diamond has experienced any sort of volatility. Mm -hmm. um, but in a day where people are concerned about security of assets, especially given the last article we were just <laughs> discussing, um, the concentration of wealth into a, into a diamond um, is something to be considered as part of a portfolio. 
And I thought I would talk about one diamond in particular, which is um, an intense yellow we just got. We just got this 2.64 intense yellow, internally flawless. Um, I'm not sure yet, but I think Paul's going to maybe put it back to the GIA because when you look at it, it really looks like a vivid, but it is an intense. Mm -hmm. So we may just try to give it one more go at the GIA and see, uh, uh, see what they say. But just on, on the factors alone, the characteristics of this diamond, I decided to go through the Fancy Color Research Foundation. Um, they have a, di- a rarity assessment. And, th- and the way that works is they go through all of the dealers that, are, that they know and have put out the information to to say, how many of these have you ever had? And then they go to the GIA. They say, how many of these come out, come, do you grade every year? And turns out that a mere 6 to 11 similar fancy diamonds enter the market yearly. Hmm. Now, that's just saying similar size, similar color, similar clarity, and similar cut being uh, cushion or radiant. But it doesn't say if it's a shallow diamond, if it's a deep diamond, if the, the dimensions are you know, good or bad, right? right? If, it, if it sparkles, if it actually, you know, has the life to it that's necessary. So when you start to handicap those aspects of it, you're probably closer to the six right. a year. Yes. Um, and this diamond in particular is, is about 65,000 Canadian. <laughs> it's that's like it. a steal. We actually just looking at Blue Nile, which is a, a massive sort of um, discount uh, dealer online. of online they don't really have i think they've got one or two physical stores but um mostly in online and we saw prices in the white diamonds ranging from 60 up to 154,000 for a one in a 1.6 carat internally flawless d which nobody buys d everybody at a at a at a retail store uh unless it's like super super high end like like harry winston most of the time you're buying g you're buying outside the first tranche, which is D E F. Um, normally, you're buying F or uh, you're you're buying G or H, um, and that would significantly drop the price on all of those. But right out the gate, there's twelve bang right available mm-hmm. at the highest, highest, highest quality. And this is this. I mean, you'd be lucky to see six of these a year. I know, and this is investment grade, like white diamonds we know and colorless stones. Um, they're more for jewelry. This is an investment grade diamond, and this is what I love. You brought to a point about that article that what I love about these this market, this hard asset, offers protection from market volatility. If you get that investment grade stone, and we define what that is for you, so you don't have to figure that out. When you get that, you get that asset that doesn't. They tend to not fall even during periods of sustained market turbulence. It has minimal volatility, unlike shares and commodities and, and more recently cryptocurrencies. We saw this exhibit in the first quarter of 2020, COVID fears. Markets fell 30% worldwide, probably one of the most fastest declines on record. Pink diamond prices were unaffected by these declines with investors actually looking to increase their exposure in pinks. We had buyers during this time. Last year, 2022, we saw shares down 90% globally. Crypto was down around 50% globally. Even bonds were falling. But rather than getting caught up in that market, pink diamonds actually rose 12%. And you mentioned the yellow stones were up 4.1%. 4. So this is, this is the key here. For a hard asset portfolio, you're diversifying, negatively correlated, inversely from all of that junk falling. You're in a hard asset that is not only beautiful, easy to, 
easy to uh, concentrate, easy to move around, but it's going to protect your wealth for the long term. And that's the point. What is your hard asset? Physical gold, physical silver, and a natural fancy color diamond brought to you by Guildhall Wealth. This 2.64 looks massive, and I thought it was a vivid, to be honest. I looked at it, and I'm like, that's a vivid, Paul. And he's like, no, it's an intense. Amazing. Amazing value. You said it, Jerry. Uh, that, that does it for the show. Thank you for everyone listening. Can't wait to speak to you again next week here on The Real Money Show. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. Remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. The debts matter. Debts don't matter until they finally matter and they're starting to matter. So get in touch with us, guildhallwealth.com. This has been The Real Money Show on AM640. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.